having a customer's vehicle in, do media on their vehicle, do media on the consultation, and then everyone around the world understands that we're part of doing the actual thing and not just like a faceless retailer you know, drop shipping on the internet. We haven't even taken advantage of the sheer volume of automotive vehicles in LA. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shopify On Location. I'm Shuang Esther Shan in downtown Los Angeles. The city is home to almost 4 million people, but it has over 6 million registered vehicles. It's no wonder one of our largest merchants within the automotive industry, Shock Surplus, is based in Los Angeles. Through its own retail store and online shop, Shock Surplus is offering a slew of suspension parts allowing you to truly customize your car. Founder Sean Reyes brought his experience from the tech industry to the auto market, and that's allowed Shock Surplus to reach a new generation of auto enthusiasts and generate over $25 million in annual revenue. Sean is joining me now at our Shopify LA space to share how he's built Shock Surplus. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Love the space. Oh, thank you so much. Um, very excited to have you here. But I do have to confess, I do not know how to drive. I've never driven. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't quite know much about cars. We, we just got to get you in the dirt and then you can just have all the freedom you want. <laughs> so for listeners similar to myself, can you tell us what kind of customers are turning to Shock Surplus for customized suspension? And why are they searching for these products and services? We, our original market was really the enthusiast, um, but really it's everyone out here in, uh, in LA that generally gets overquoted and overcharged at all the dealerships, all of the, the auto repair shops. You know, the sticker shock is a real big thing out here. Um, and so we make our product offerings available online, easy search for all of those people, but also there's a, there's a long tail customer where it's, you know, two, three, six, nine, 15 months of research. And, um, you know, a lot of those journeys starts with our content on YouTube. Um, and so we kind of address a, a really wide market, someone that needs their stuff tomorrow to fix their vehicle to get to work. And then also the that person that has just bought a new vehicle and don't know what they want to do, but they know they want to outfit it with something eventually to have a little bit more fun. So I'm assuming lots of people who are into the outdoors, who are driving yeah. off-road, and those who maybe need a car for their work. Yeah, daily commuters for sure. Um, people that use a lot of out here, there's so many uh, fleet vehicles that are hauling a bunch of loads or gardeners or, you know, glass repair, all these heavy-duty vehicles that are carrying a lot of equipment. Those are our customers. A lot of adventurists as well. Um, so people getting out of town, camping adventures, all that kind of stuff is really our kind of our bread and butter. That's that's what we do. That's what our staff is do. That's, that's kind of where I uh, originated from with my original 2006 Tacoma. And so that's how the business was built was it was kind of how do I sell online and be location independent? Um, and this was back in like 07, 08. Uh, so that like I could just sell online, take orders over the internet and be on a ski lift at the same time. And so there were moments at early stages of shock surplus where I was taking orders on chairlifts at Mammoth. And so every once in a while, I'll go do the same thing just to like keep to my roots. <laughs> Amazing. You really crafted a lifestyle that fits both your business and what you enjoy in life. 
And um, you actually weren't in the auto industry to begin with. You were a video game developer. So what are the elements of the tech world that you have really taken and applied to this business? Yeah, I grew up on computers and Nintendo, Super Nintendo, got beta tested cable modems when the whole dial-up thing was big. And so a video game and computer nerd at heart. And so originally was working at Blizzard Entertainment, um, just doing video game testing, uh, was making money originally on eBay by selling video game characters. So like we would play these massive online role playing games, build up the characters, I would sell them for $1,000 or $2,000 when I was like not even in high school yet. And so like, that, that was a lot of cash as a 12-year-old, uh, 13-year-old, 14-year-old. And so I, I didn't even realize it, but I was like, those, that was like some of the first entrepreneurial things, I guess. Um, and so when my stepdad asked me to t- kind of take part in uh, the automotive space, he had a little rinky-dinky shop <laughs> in uh, Anaheim. I was like, no, that's not really my thing. Um, but after kind of... Uh, I would say falling victim to corporatehood. Um, I, I kind of quit that space and uh, went to go work with them. Um, and then just realized, I'm like, oh, wow, the whole industry is just ran by people with no idea about tech, like very slow tech adoption. Um, and so just ma- I just saw a massive opportunity there and, you know, quickly expanded that business. But I think um, the quick expansion that went right up against the 08-09 recession, um, really put an end to like that little kind of sprint that was going on. Um, And so we kind of reset 2010, 2011, 2012 with a brand that uh, we built. And um, in 2013, I I, I wanted to do my own thing and be in charge again. So that's when I started, yeah, Shock Surplus. I see some parallels between you selling video game characters on eBay and also now you're developing these different customer profiles and you're creating original video content Mm -hmm. that really speaks to their need. So how did you originally come up with all these ideas for the business and actually inject so much social content to shock surplus? The hardest thing for business owners and people in general is uh, you know, turning on the camera and being in front of the camera. And so, um, you know, we're talking to hundreds of customers a day all the time. And I think I really didn't get started on video stuff until 2018, 2019, where I just got fed up answering the, we, you know, we're answering the same questions all the time. Uh, and so it was like, I'm just going to make video and you know, not answer it once and for all, but at least this answer is going to go out to thousands of people this time rather than like one by one by one. So that that served as a, as a good like kind of acquisition like play. But um, in reality, it's uh, I'm Gary Vaynerchuk always says document don't create. And so that was always playing in my head for years. And I was like, uh, it's just time to do do exactly that. And so, uh, or like when we first started on YouTube 2019, I basically recorded 20 videos in the span of 48 hours that have accumulated, you know, millions of views on YouTube. Um, and so that was like all non-scripted. Uh, it wasn't like your typical quote-unquote productions. It was just like, turn on the video. I'm just going to rap about all the things I talk about with customers anyways. As business owners and content creators, it's like people are worried about 
creating stuff for their brand or for their customers, but it's really just like have the normal conversations that you're already having with friends or your customers in general and turn on a, a recording device. That transparency puts a face to your whole brand. And so I've just been kind of like talking about that and doing, trying to live that myself, um, which has been just really good because everyone now is talking about, um, you know, people want to buy from people and not faceless brands. And so like, I think, I feel like we're ahead of the curve, not really on purpose, but just like intuitively, I know, I know that as a consumer. So like, I'm going to be who I want to buy from. I think you're very much ahead of the curve for this industry in particular. There's not a lot of auto companies um, sharing a lot of content. So are there any other marketing channels or different strategies you've tried in addition to this video creation that have really impacted the business? Not, I mean, not so much. We're on Instagram and TikTok. And actually, now that I think about it, like, you know, Instagram kind of was... Uh, beautiful pictures, beautiful video, where very well crafted stuff. Um, that never really worked for us, I guess. Maybe it was just the audience that we had. Um, the audience that we kind of really built up on Instagram originally was more of um, very. I, I get just kind of categorize it as like blue collar and not so affluent. And so when they see, maybe when they see beautiful things and crafted imagery, it's like it's kind of not a not a turnoff because it looks too manufactured. Now with TikTok, what really kind of uh, was a good signal to us is like the normal answering questions and providing real value um, to the audience, whether that's an FAQ on this specific vehicle or the top, this or that for that vehicle. That's that's where we live every like day to day, and that's what's really working for us on TikTok and Instagram now. That because you know those those platforms have been you know completely saturated with beautiful pictures and crafted you know imagery and all that. But what is not out there is just you know brands actually delivering value to their audience in some form or another, whether it's in their niche or on their product or whatnot. So that's where we started and it's actually working really well for us, which is, which is great because that, there was a point in time where I was like, none of, none of our vehicle porn is working very well <laughs> for, on this platform. So. So excited to chat more, Sean. I'm chatting with Sean Reyes of Shock Surplus. I hope you're enjoying our conversation. If you haven't already, follow or subscribe to Shopify Masters on your listening platform and leave us a review or feedback for the show. Thanks. When you first launched Shock Surplus back in 2013, which areas did you invest in and how did you manage your finances? So we we started with dropship model, uh, and that's where I really saw the all the opportunity because when my stepdad, uh, who was running the business before, was like, he described to me, he was like, oh yeah, if you take an order, the, our distributor will just ship directly to them without without us having to receive. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, that's that's that seems too good to be true. I was like, no, it's it's good. And so I was like, are you sure? And I was like, yep. So I was like, all right. So I just created, I just started creating a bunch of listings. So if you don't know, the dropship model is all usually all cash flow positive. So you get the customer money before you have to pay for the goods. And so when you have just a constant positive cash flow cycle like that, like there is really no limit to the growth you could achieve at, at a certain level. Um, and so finances were never really a big deal because it was always like, 
you know, you sell $100,000 worth of product at first, and then, you know, within 15 or 30 days, then you got to pay back, I don't know, $80,000 or $90,000 to the vendors. And you just take the, you have, you already have the cut. And so finances were never really a big issue at the beginning. Um, really only started becoming an issue towards the middle and, and the past few years where our, um, where we started leveraging ads to really like kind of grow the business. And then now it's hitting your head against supplier terms and credit card limits and um, everything else that comes along with bootstrapping a business. Um, so, you know, we don't have any investors or any private equity or anything like that, which there's pros and cons to that. But for us, the whole idea of growth and manufacturing growth just for growth's sake is there's a lot to be said about that conversation. And so during this time of COVID, post-COVID, uh, the, the economic cycle we're in, it's like, do we really want to grow? Why do we want to grow? Do we want to contract a little bit? Because finances are are one of the, our primary focus right now, being this size, big investors. We're, we're using our own cash in the business. So it's uh, definitely a challenging time. And I think a lot of the times with investment and resources, it also comes with restrictions. So even though you're going through some challenges and you're managing bootstrapping, but you're still having the full control and freedom of running the business however you want. Yeah, that, that is good. And there's been other people that like have had the same opinion and they've, you know, they've also ran it into the ground. And so it's like the trade-off is like, well, you know, what, one of the conversations we're having very much is... Um, do we, do we contract and maintain control, which is there's, I know many others are thinking the same thing. And there is a little bit of kind of ego that just naturally arises in founders or partners of the business. And like contracting almost feels like losing or admitting to failure or whatever. But I, I like to say that I happily will admit when I'm wrong or happily retract back and play defense for a little while. Um, but at the same time, uh, the other option is give away, yeah, giving away equity or giving away part of the business um, to keep to keep marketing forward. And well, that's that's one thing we're thinking about too because we have just like such a massive vision, um, and we see we, we literally see through the data all the market that we have not yet captured. Um, and so like that's the other side of the argument, which is like, yeah, maybe we'll give, give away a percentage of the business so that, you know, the founders can go utilize their strengths and not worry about finances 25% of the day, uh, right? So um, there's all these kind of conversations happening internally with us where um, it's, do we, do we keep going aggressive in this market? Do we kind of pull back and stabilize and wait to see where everything goes? I like being aggressive, and I'm just like uh, I'm I'm the uh, I'm the qualitative person. Uh, my my one of my partners is the the quant and the, the numbers, but we're both very tired of the finances right now, and just kind of wish we could do the things we're good at. So uh, those are big conversations right now for us. For sure, I mean, speaking of control, I guess even though I don't know much about cars, I do know that people love to see products and love to see the service yeah and you're operating in a space where they kind of have to just trust and give you the control and order everything digitally so mm -hmm. how did you initially get over that consumer hurdle and help them throughout their purchasing journey to make sure that they're comfortable our product is very technical shock absorbers and from the naked eye it's like they're just different colors and you can't see the internals and the baseline behavior of this product like it's not it's not, how do you explain what it feels like in your butt 
uh, when you're driving. <laughs> like, it's very hard to explain. We call it the butt dyno. And so, you know, it's hard to explain the, the, the benefits that uh, uh, someone's going to receive with a certain product. And we don't manufacture these products. You know, we're just a retailer of, of them. Um, and so giving, giving like, the trust is a consequence of the content. Or, like, we're, we tested that, we tested that, we tested that. And, like, one of the more recent things I've been talking about is our actual product is knowledge and experience because um, we're using all of these things that we're selling where a lot of people out there are not. They're, they have two or three brands they have good relationships with, and that's what they sell, and that's what they're going to recommend, no matter, no matter what you bring to them. Um, and so, yeah, building the trust, it's, once again, it's the content showing that, like, we did test that exact product in that video, in that vehicle. Here, here's that video. And so our, the new site we just launched on the new 2.0 um, uh, infrastructure really goes to show why to trust us, kind of the actual uh, test testing that we do. All the video content is spread across all the site. And that, that's our way of like showing like, hey, trust us. There's humans behind doing this. We, we have ran that, that part, you know, so uh, we, we do everything we can to build trust. Yeah. And I think the online experience is not just sell, selling and products. It's much of incorporating the context of how things work yeah. throughout the buy flow. Yeah. The, the, we, have a, we have two sections of our site. It's uh, shopping and learning, um, the education side of things. People, you know, people in the higher end of retail have been talking about, you know, education and educating your customer and whatnot. But on the automotive side of things, that always lags five, 10 years behind. Um, I, I, that's where we have a big advantage where it's because it, that's educating your customer is the like the highest form of trust building. Yeah, because we're not selling. We're just like you buy from us, you buy from someone else. But th this is our recommendation. And for me personally, coming to L.A. for the first time, people tell me about the traffic and how many cars is on the road. Yeah. Um, so how is it running an auto company based in Los Angeles? How has the city helped the business? The truck that I started with was an 06 Tacoma. And the, the Tacoma is um, one of the biggest selling vehicles in the United States. But also you go outside, there's I think there's three literally parked on the street outside. Uh, and so it's just extremely popular vehicle. And we started, so I started in that niche, immediately talked to that, um, that, that driver. Um, and so just being able to have boots on the ground and understand like, everything around us, all the vehicles around us and what their needs are, you just naturally find yourself in that community of certain drivers. You know, our our staff parking lot right now has popular vehicles in it. And so those guys take part in community forums and Facebook groups and like SoCal off-road groups. And so it's just by the very nature of what we already like to do, which is camping and snowboarding and, um, you know, rock climbing. Like we're in those communities already here in SoCal and we know everyone has a vehicle, right? And so it's, it's kind of just like a, a byproduct of, of our activities already. Um, the, the sheer volume of automotive, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, that we haven't even taken advantage of the sheer volume of automotive vehicles in uh, in LA. Like, because we don't do professional, we don't do like auto repair service or install service or anything like that. Um, but we do use certain aspects of having a customer's vehicle in 
take do media on their vehicle, do media on the consultation, and then we, we use that to amplify against like the global strategy because that piece of content that happens in LA now everyone around the world sees it and understands that like we're 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 part of not only the LA community but like hands on hands on the part hands in the oil and um doing doing the actual thing and not just like a faceless retailer drop shipping on the internet yeah sounds like being in LA gives you access to a network of auto enthusiasts they yeah. come in you can capture content and yeah. It's a, it's kind of like a little nice flow. Yeah, we go to Big Bear all the time in Johnson Valley, the deserts, and just all these hot spots of adventure spots around L.A. that are just, like, great, you know. I think um, there's so many people in L.A. that actually haven't been up to Angeles Crest uh, in a vehicle doing, you know, 80 miles an hour on these beautiful twisty roads, and people haven't been to Big Bear. Um, you know, it's all the snowboarding. People go up there to snowboard, but then they completely forget about Big Bear during the summer, which has amazing camping and trails and all of that. Um, you know, there's so much adventure around L.A. That's why I drive down so often is because, like, I come here, but then there's so much to do on my way back to uh, Reno Tahoe or um, and we use the the desert as a kind of a test bed for a lot of our products so when I come down um, we're like we're doing a shoot out in the desert with three or four vehicles and kind of putting the products to to the test and so um, all the space around and all the nature and all the just outdoor areas provide just ample opportunity so a big part of what you do is actually negotiating and getting all these contracts for different manufacturers. And there was one in particular that you were hoping to buy directly from, which finally worked out for you. So tell us about that process of actually negotiating and what are some tips you offer for other founders? Yeah, so being a being a retailer um, and, a, and an e-commerce dropshipper who doesn't have a really big footprint, um, you know, you, you naturally have a lot uh, stacked against you when you go trying to buy direct from big manufacturers. Like we we sell brands that do billions of dollars in sales. And so when we're coming in at the beginning with like maybe thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, the automotive space is extremely well protected in that um, it goes from a billion dollar brand down to hundreds of million dollar distributors down to maybe even another distributor and then, and then to the automotive shop or to small accounts. And so trying to like climb that chain of access directly to the brand, that's always been an extremely tough battle for us. One of the more recent experiences, um, I was at the SEMA show and a marketing person at this brand um, noticed me kind of just doing my recordings on a, on a vehicle there. And I noticed him kind of noticed me. And so I said, what's up first? I was like, hey, how's it going? Because uh, I'm like, I'll do anything I can to kind of network. Any, any in is going to work, you know? So one tip is just, just stock your people that work at the brand that you want. And because relationships are what gets you in the door. Um, and I never knew, I don't even know this guy um, at all, but he said, what's up? Really like your videos that I've seen, been watching on YouTube. And here's my card. Do you buy direct from us? And I'm, I was like, no, I don't buy direct at all. I, I kind of gave up hope on that quite a few years back. And he was like, oh, well, uh, do you want an introduction to our sales team? And I was like, sure, of course. And so gave him my card and literally thought, I'll never hear from this guy again. And then after the show, a couple of weeks passed by and he follows up. Uh, 
makes an introduction to the sales manager of the brand and first phone call, you know, we get offered a direct relationship after, you know, eight years of me kind of trying. I've had a lot of uh, sentiment my way from this brand and some of the people that work there about what we're doing on YouTube and educating the customer. And the brands in the space really appreciate how we're extremely honest about what their product can and can't do. Um, and so, that approach has helped us in more ways than just this brand. We've had a lot of other uh, very positive brand relationships as well, stemming from just our our transparent uh, approach to what we're doing on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Sounds like all the areas of business have really prepared you for that in-person meeting and that was that extra fuel. Another part of the business is actually noticing what parts would be in demand or popular Mm -hmm. or not so. And then you kind of actually short a certain part. Yeah. Yeah. We, one of our secret, some of our secret sauces, and I'm not afraid to kind of give it away because I think we've already got a pretty big lead, but is, so we, one of our, the biggest um, strengths we've had during COVID is our sourcing. Um, You know, there are people that, Similar to us, other drop shipping um, companies, um, small or big, you know, they source from one, two, three, four, maybe like suppliers and distributors that will drop ship for them. But we source from over eight or nine sources. And so that's just millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory that we can pick and choose um, with that we can sell online. So we're kind of cherry picking the best uh, what to put ad spend behind. We sell it all. Um, but more importantly, like we've been tracking this data, we have extremely tight kind of data tracking. And so what that allows us to do is like, look at like, here's a 30 day demand, 60 day demand, 120 day demand on this, on all this product across all the distributors across the brands. And so when we notice that like there's, um, maybe 30 day demand nationwide left, we will go in and acquire all that inventory and then turn off ads. And so it's literally kind of playing the shock market, really. Uh, that's why I like to call it. So we're playing our own little niche market where we know that 100 units of this is going to move, whether we take part in not. But if we got the capital, we're going to go acquire all of that. And now it moves through us. I know the, the highest level guys probably do something similar, but we are so focused just in this niche on such a high volume kind of space that uh, that's one of the, that, that ties back into the financing side of things where like we're looking for a partner in that in this automotive space that understands that kind of strategy to amplify it because we're not distributors and I don't have a warehousing team. Everyone on my team wears a lot of hats. Uh, we've got like, um, we've got about 15 people right now. And so we're, we're constantly adapting, constantly shifting. And, but yeah, playing, playing that market is, uh, is, is really our strength. Yeah. The stock market might be cool, but the shock market is hot. It's way more fun. (laughs) (laughs) So looking forward, are there new projects or initiatives you would like to share with us? Uh, Well, we just launched on the new Shopify 2.0 site, um, blazing fast, way faster than our old site. Um, There was actually an instant, there was at the very beginning, 
a certain search button wasn't working because of a technical glitch. But what was happening, it was the, the site was so fast and instant in the background that like the search button didn't actually need to be used because like the, the filtering was already happening live so fast. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So we just launched a new site that's been 18 months and not the making, but like ide- ideation phase and communication and development. So that's big. Um, we've got a couple big events coming up. King of the Hammers is uh, out in Johnson Valley that we uh, that we go to and uh, we kind of don't participate in race in, but I'm just hitting the road with the family and kind of just making more uh, more content about uh, why we do this, you know, because yeah, people want new shocks or need new shocks or new suspension, but like, what are they really after? They're after adrenaline. They're after the adventure. They're after you know more turns on the hill. Like it's it's what the product gets, what kind of experience it provides them. They don't they don't really care about like the technicalities of the thing. And so we're, we're trying to tell more stories next year um, or maybe not tell more stories, but show the stories that are already happening, you know? So um, video is going to be play a big part in that. Amazing. Well, I look forward to those videos. Maybe it'll motivate me to get my driver's license <laughs> finally. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being here, Sean. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And that's Sean Reyes of Shock Surplus. Thank you for joining us on Shopify Masters. Our show is produced by Megan Coyle and Gogo Zoger. Our engineers are Matt Schwartz and Miku Betlam. Benjamin Gottlieb is our supervising producer. And I'm Shwang Esther Shan. And we will see you next time. Ha, 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 ha.